Welcome to On The Bounce, where we discuss resilience and its practical application in our lives. Together, we'll discover the tools needed to empower ourselves, develop positive thoughts, and accomplish our goals to become the best versions of ourselves. Good morning. Good morning. Today is a very special episode uh, for, for for me today. Uh, one of the one of the things that I've learned in just the years and the transition and the evolution of life is the things that you find out to be what is absolutely near and dear to you. And uh, family is definitely one of those things that um, I've just have an appreciation of the value of family and how it's helped me evolve and to become a better person. So with that being said, today my guest is um, someone who's very special to me, my husband. And um, I am just excited to really pick his brain today and to get inside of his head and really see how how resilience looks like for him in his from his perspectives and um and how it how it transcends in our family in our family so without further ado i would like to introduce you to chris searcy and i'm going to give him the floor to introduce himself go ahead well hello hello thank you for bringing me on the podcast you know i've, I've been helping out a lot with things in the background and you know, it, it's funny because I've done so much of this stuff now that, and now that I'm a guest, you know, it's, it almost kind of makes me nervous to to be on here, even though I've been involved since the beginning. So, anyways, I'm really excited to be on the the uh, the, the show, and and I hope that that people like to listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, one of the I know we discuss all the time, and we're constantly having having conversations, and we've agreed that some of our best conversations are those quick transition routes, uh, those quick trips to whether we're going picking up groceries or picking up the girls. But I think that it's important that um, you know we don't lose sight of the the efforts that has to happen in not only your work or not only who you are as a person, but also in your relationship. And I think that especially now more so than ever, it's important to take that pause and to reflect on the quality of the relationship. And that's really what I wanna do with you today is to is for us to take our pause and have an honest conversation and be vulnerable a little bit with our listeners and, uh, and have a discussion about how resilience uh, impacts our day-to-day -day life. So, just uh, if you can just give the listeners a little bit about what you do and um, what your background is so that they can understand uh, where we're coming from. So I grew up in Texas and uh, from there I, I went to the army. I was there. I was in the army for six years. I met Samira in Germany and we started dating and I got out in 2012 and I went into defense contracting. And we moved in together about a year later in uh, Northern Virginia, so in the, the D.C. area. And in 2016, uh, yeah, to, no, I'm sorry, 2017, we moved to Georgia, and we've been here ever since. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so before we get into the, the meat and potatoes of this uh, podcast, I definitely want to start off with what does resilience mean to you? So resilience to me is the the ability to overcome challenges in your life. And one of the things that we we talk about all the time is is um, it, it's not necessarily just a thing that you are. It's a thing that you do. It's it's using the tools that you're at, at your disposal to 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 overcome challenges and to work toward the best outcome in in every situation. And a lot of times that that has to do with just making the the right uh, the right legal, ethical, and moral decisions in order to get that outcome. And, and I have no problems using tools or, or different frameworks that are provided by others. I, I don't think that it makes me any less resilient 
just because I'm having to use a technique to to figure something out or to to bring myself, you know, back down from from those those high emotions that that come sometimes with with uh, with difficulties. Hmm. I like I like how you. Uh... Uh, mentioned using other tools or platforms to to assist in in the process because I think that sometimes you know we recognize we we sometimes lose focus on we don't have all the answers and there isn't a rule book or there isn't a a playbook that is going to give you step by step for every situation that you're faced with and in life, you just never know what is going to be thrown at you. So to be able to have the awareness or that mindset to say, okay, I don't necessarily have all the answers. What can I use or who can I reach out to or what can I access to provide me with those tools to to get out, to get from this transition, to move out of this, to move from this transition. So I really like how you've uh, included that. You know, one of the things I, I know that, uh, and, I, and I'm sorry if I sabotage your later questions here, but it's one of the things fine. that you you brought up uh, before the show is when when we went through the five love languages uh, with with our daughter, and we we went through every day we would read one of the chapters and we would discuss it and how we apply it in our our relationships and and um, and how we. Uh, how we want to be communicated with and while i'm i'm a little bit unsure that you know about um, everyone having their one distinct love languages i think that may be uh, a little bit overly simplistic but at the same time it provides a framework and it provides some very specific tools and and one of the most important is you know at the end of the day when we're tired and and i know that we haven't you know, you and I haven't really talked very much or you and I haven't uh, done anything in, together in a while. Um, the question comes, you know, am I filling your love tank? And, mm. and that's, a, that's a question that, that I have to ask myself sometimes. And, and then I, I kind of go through the steps. Okay, well, what are the things that we've been doing together lately? And what are the things that I am making an effort to do to improve our relationship? Mm. So, yeah, thanks for completely changing the the topic and just going so heavy uh, already. But just to give some insight as to what uh, Chris is talking about is that uh, when we decided to um, introduce the five, well, actually it was, it was Chris that introduced the five love languages to me. I haven't heard of it before. So when he first brought it up to me, I believe it was what in Germany when you first mentioned that to me? Oh, probably. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'd read it right after a deployment. Uh, they they gave us free books or something, so I, it, it was probably then. So I hadn't heard of it before, but it was something that um, I was like, okay, I w- it was intriguing, but there was really no effort made in regards to diving deeper into it. So fast forward. Fast forward later, fast forward, um, transitioning from one location to another location. And as our teenager, we do have a uh, our oldest daughter, Layla, who is now 19. At that time, um, you know, we were sh- we were experiencing she was going through her uh, her senior year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was her senior year. Yeah, her senior year in high school. And in that senior year of high school presented senior year high school uh, challenges that we were not necessarily prepared for or had the the answers to because it felt like it just came so quickly all at once and threw us off, uh, threw us off of our game uh, for the most part. And we were definitely pushed out of our comfort zone. We were definitely, we definitely felt every day as if we were waiting for something else to happen or what else was going to be thrown at us. So um, for me, what I started to notice is that that started to become our relationship, the problems and just the challenges that we that we had every day started to 
be our relationship for, for a while. It is literally all we talked about. And it was not that we were talking about the positive outcomes of the relationship, but we, we were focusing on the stressors. We were focusing on the negative and it really weighed on our relationship. Um, I don't know if you wanted to add anything else to that from that perspective. No, that about sums it up. I mean, the, the, conversations that we had would go late into the night where <laughs> we would we would just really harp on the most negative parts of of not only the relationships that she had that we were were concerned about but the relationships that we you know the the relationship that we had with our daughter and and it made everything just really hostile at home mm-hmm. you know, we we were Every time we wanted to speak to her or bring anything up, we just automatically assumed that it was going to go negative or that she was going to, to have a, a nasty comeback or, you know, just the, the, we started to anticipate and expect her to, to act like the worst of what we had been discussing over the last, you know, couple of months. And, and that's, that's just that kind of that moment that, you know, one night we were just talking and, and it just hit us. Like, when is the last time we said anything nice about her in this relationship? We we were so focused on all the bad stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, we, we took, we took that moment to step back and recognize one, it was really impacting our household, the energy in our household. It was just so intense there. The anxiety was high and we, if we all were walking it all, it felt like we were all walking on eggshells in our own homes, all of us. So it was not that one person was more of a victim than the other. So uh, with that being said, it obviously started to impact the way that uh, Chris and I started to uh, were communicating with each other. And it just, everything just seemed so intense. And um, so one of the things that I, I think uh, Chris t- did was, order the book, The Love Language, and it came to the house. And uh, and I believe my my mother was there because by then we we had the twins, right? Mm, yeah, I think, um, yeah, they were just a few months old. Yeah, so we, we just had the twins. Uh, we had twin girls. And so my mom was there helping us because, um, well, we wouldn't have made it. <laughs> bottom line. <laughs> so, uh, so we, we started to, to, with the increased stressors of being twin parents now on, um, on top of everything that's going on with our teenager, we had to take a break and say, okay, we are, we are going to crack. How is it that we can re refocus and find a way to just navigate through the chaos, find the beauty in the chaos. And so we introduced and we committed to reading a chapter of the lo- the five love languages every night. And I think that that was probably the beginning of us really realizing how we all are able to communicate to each other. Because after reading the five love languages, we realized that we were not filling each other's love tank in the right way. And we were not communicating and really making each other um, happy or not necessarily happy, but connecting to those, uh, to how that person receives or gives love in the right way. So um, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about that, but it was really, it was really intriguing. And I think that it was probably the first right step that we did in our, in our relationship to really change the quality of it. Right. And, and I think, you know, it really could have been any book. You yeah. Know, I, I think, I think the, the importance was that we had the bonding time and we we were taking a deliberate step to discuss the specifics of our relationship and and we we broke it down into each one of those categories and how we're communicating with each other and and I think I think just providing a framework was enough for us to really start digging in and and start making those specific improvements instead of just the 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 very simplistic, like, oh, you guys need to go on more dates or you guys need to talk more. Well, 
you know, the, that advice may be great, but without some kind of framework or, or without specific goals, it it's really of limited value. And, and a lot of the long-term impacts of it, I think, are, are kind of negated um, when there's just not that um, purposeful uh, communication. Yeah, I agree with it. And not only that, I think that um, our lifestyle, there was so much going on at that time that it was hard to just be, be able to uh, have those moments to breathe. And I mean, because we were, we were going through another transition in our life in, in an area that we were not even expecting to have. We are older, we were older parents uh, having toddlers. And I mean, for most people, they were, they were, we were on the verge of being empty nesters. And now we we bring in twins into our household. So our our world really was just turned upside down. And um, it was just, it was, it was definitely a moment where we had to reflect and say, okay, how do we want to move forward with this and to really make the best out of it? Because we did not want to lose our relationship with our daughter. That was our biggest concern. How, what can we do as parents to connect with her? So she knows that we, her, we are invested in her and want only nothing but the best for her, but not lose that relationship. Because at times, I mean, we're to be honest, we felt that way, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with the with the the high stress in the relationship, I mean, I, I was really concerned that she was going to move out, and and which you know, age appropriate, you know, she would go to college and and do her thing, but she wouldn't look to us for any kind of support or she wouldn't, mm. she wouldn't want to communicate with you. I mean, I know that your closest relationship is with your mom mm-hmm. and the way that your relationship with Layla was, I, it was, it was really concerning. And I know that for you, that would have been just devastating in a way that, I mean, of course it would be devastating for anyone, but just the bond that you and your own mother have, I just don't know how you would have handled that. If, if she would have have kept us at arm's distance and and thankfully we've overcome that and mm-hmm. and it's uh was in no small part due to just our ability to to eventually just step back and yeah. and let her make her own decisions i mean that's that was probably the the hardest thing that that you can do as a parent when you know that your child is doing something that is is harmful and letting them just figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely. And, you know, one of the things that um, we were fortunate is that Layla was able to come back to us and really in a mature, in a mature, mature manner, come back and provide us, I think for the first time in, in years, her perspective. And it was really interesting listening to her perspective because although, um, although there, although there was, it felt at times that there was blame, but we all recognized uh, the, we all recognized some of the same uh, the same challenges or the same dangers, we should say. But it was her from it was her perspective that she she felt as if she didn't have that room to make the decisions. And when she when she said that, it was really it was really mind mind opening for for me because. In my mind, I didn't want her to go down that path because we didn't really necessarily feel that she would receive the best outcomes. So now, but in her mind, her she needed to have that that lesson in order to figure out who she is and how she handles herself in that situation, which was hard. But listening to her express herself in that manner, I I was just so proud. And I was so thankful that we were still even able to have that conversation years later. And we walk away still hugging and kissing each other and knowing that she's still going to come home and visit whenever, um, you know, any time because the doors open and there's no animosity. So I'm just really grateful for that. So let's fast forward a little bit and let's talk about on top of, you know, understanding or recognizing how sensitive 
the the transition was with Layla. <laughs> Let's talk about um, with how are we relearning our relationship now with our twins who are almost three years old? Because um, I know that it definitely weighs on us. Um, so how how do you implement resilience to help you uh, deal with the the constant um, the constant uh, pressures of having twins? So I, I think we do a number of things that that um, will hopefully yield good results with regard to our girls' resilience. Uh, and a lot of it, you know, right now at their age, they're two and a half. So a lot of it right now is overcoming those stressful moments when they fall down and they, they hurt their knee or they, uh, you know, they are upset with you because you didn't give them a piece of cheese or, <laughs> or, or whatever the reason is. And, and, you know, having them, instead of just picking them up and making everything okay, you give them that moment to, to breathe and to, to overcome that moment on their own. And, and I think those, those types of things are going to yield great results in the future. And the other part of that is, is giving them things to look forward to and things to be excited about and things that they can overcome uh, on a regular basis and challenge themselves. So, you know, we have them enrolled in ballet and, and in soccer and, and we do those types of things, you know, obviously because of the, the physical benefits of it and the long-term, you know, benefits and all that. And that's all great. But the other side of that is when, Amelia learns how to spin and make her tutu fly up. You know, that's, that's a huge thing. And she can take that and show off and, and feel confident about herself in those moments. And while they seem silly to us and it's, it's funny, you know, but it's, but at the same time, those are the types of things that are going to make her feel independent and empowered, even as a toddler, mm. you know, and, and she has control over, certain aspects of her life and and those are the types of things that we want to foster now so that in the future when you know they're they're in a relationship and they get broken up with and they they don't just melt down and and need someone to to Fill make everything all better mm -hmm. right they they can instead think about okay well yeah that sucked but these are all the other wonderful things that I had to look forward to. And, and look at me, I can spin and make my dress fly up. <laughs> you know, like, like those are the types of things that, you know, while it seems silly right now in the future, those types of things are going to, to hopefully become uh, the, just that building block that, that cornerstone that they can build upon that, that house of resilience. And, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, even when you you know you talk you talk about Amelia and her her desire to show you her accomplishments, and we have Aubrey, who's the opposite of uh, not necessarily the opposite, but she is a lot more private about her accomplishments, and she likes to she likes to expose her her accomplishments when she feels that she has uh, mastered it at her level. So she's not going to do the Saturday Night Live, you know, look what I can do. But um, she's when she shows you, she feels that she has like she has um, uh, really conquered that uh, that accomplishment. And there's it's not a matter of doing it for your approval. She's showing you because in her mind, it's like, oh, I can do this now. Let me move on to the next thing. And but with Aubrey, she's very um, she's very expressive in her emotions. She is the one that is. Uh, that would easily get frustrated and is a lot more reactive in her uh, abilities to express her, her emotions. So we recognize the importance of just really creating that moment so that she can understand that it's okay. And there's always a way out of it. And, you know, and we encourage breathing, deep breathing a lot because we recognize that 
that is usually the thing that they need more so than us picking them up and coddling them. And don't get me wrong, there's no shortage of, uh, of emotions or affection in this house, but we don't want that. We don't want the result. We don't want the, their, their way to overcome something to be based off of someone else. We want them to have the ability, like you, like you said, to, to critically think about what they need to do and what is that next step. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, if, if we could just get them to the point where they can, can take those individual challenges or, or those difficulties in life and, and look that, look at them in perspective, you know, I'm not, I'm not just this one thing uh, or I'm not just, going through this difficult time, I have all of these other things going for me as well. And, and recognizing the, the positive things that, that they have going for them. Mm -hmm. And, and I just, like I said before, you know, I, I just really hope that that continues to be a thing that we are able to instill in them and, and that they can, they can be more resilient as they grow. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to talk about, what are some of your biggest challenges that you struggle with, whether that be personally, professionally, or even in just uh, in the in in your relationships? Oh, just going straight at me, huh? Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> so I think for me, um, I I'm a planner. You know, and I, I like to, to think ahead about uh, what I'm going to do in certain circumstances or situations or, or what I'm going to do when um, certain challenges come at me or, or, or whatever. And, and when things deviate from the expectation, it's, it's something that I, I struggle with sometimes. And if it's something that I wasn't prepared for, it wasn't something that, that um, you know, and, and I think for the most part, I do a pretty good job of anticipating those types of stressors as I come. But when, you know, and, and you, you very well know, if I have my mind set on something and you throw a wrench in that plan, <laughs> like I get grumpy because <laughs> it's not that, you know, I don't want to do the thing that you want to do, but it's, it's just that I had my mind set and, and I was already mentally going through those steps. And then all of a sudden, we're not doing that anymore. So mm. it takes me just an extra, extra little bit, extra little bit of time to, to just kind of reestablish that, that mental space. Okay, well, this is this is what I'm doing now. So, you know, you, you mentioned that you're a planner, but it's funny how what's interesting is that we have different ways about um, uh, how we, uh, I guess, prepare for our days. And although you you are a planner, but you're very internal to what you want to accomplish. And I am, so in my mind, if I'm not aware about what you plan to do, uh, then I can easily take up that, okay, you know, Chris is here today. These are the things that we're going to do. These are the things that we're going to knock out, or this is what I'm going to need him to help me with. So it, it has created some issues because um, although I recognize that you are someone who is very meticulous in the ways that you do things, but I am, I do have a, uh, I too am a planner, but my plans, my, I think my plans are more long range in regards to our internal operations in our ho household. And so in my mind, sometimes it comes across as if, well, what I have is more important than what you are going to do because it, it, it tends to, the things that I plan tends to impact our, our day-to-day -day versus the things that you plan are things that are are for the the welfare of our of our family later on. So it's sometimes I lose focus on the. It's not that it's not that important, but it's just, is it important right now? 
and I recognize that it does cause frustration for you, but uh, it, and I know it's something that we talk about all the time and we definitely try to find a way to better sync our efforts in that aspect. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. I mean, I, I think we've done a, a good job of, of communicating those types of things when we have those issues. But that's not always the case. I mean, sometimes we do get, you know, kind of <laughs> snippy with each other and, and we have to talk it out. And, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's, I think that's normal. I think, um, I think compared to other relationships that both of us have been in and, and even, even professional relationships, I, I think that's, you know, I think we're doing pretty well here with, with being able to identify our challenges and having those adult conversations and, and not allowing those, those frustrations to bleed over into other aspects of our life. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, because it's not, it's not any different than, than the, uh, you know, your professional relationships, you know, when, when things don't align with the way that you think that things should be done, it causes conflict. Mm-hmm. And especially when you are very meticulous and you're very, uh, when you're a professional in that field, um, or, or you're a great parent and you know, you're a great parent and, or you, you are really great at doing this thing. And then someone comes in and says, okay, well, it needs to be a little bit different. And, and it really just, it, it can, it can rock you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you. And, uh, even, even when we talk about, uh, just throwing you out of your comfort zone, when we talk about just even this transition that, uh, we, that we just experienced with um, closing the chapter of uh, the military and moving on into moving on outside of the protection of the military, uh, being that I just recently, we just recently retired. Um, I remember that um, for years in my, in my career, I've always been told that I've been an asset to the organization and my my opinions and my recommendations are always so welcomed. And then I had my most recent supervisor uh, literally tell me, uh, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want you to do anything with work. And although that, although that seems like a great answer, like, oh, my boss doesn't want me to work, but when for the last 20 years of your career, you have invested all your time to be part of the work, to be part of the organization, to be trusted within your organization. And then now all of a sudden, it's like you, it's, if it appears that you're getting that cold shoulder. It was very, uh, it was very uncomfortable and it did rock me. And I know I, I spoke to you about it, that it, I felt, I felt belittled in uh, my initial my initial re- reaction was to be upset and i got defensive but the reality was that that was exactly the answer i needed to hear but it was the fact that i was thrown off because for so many years it was different from what i was being told and uh, so i can appreciate that and uh, and I think even for you, just transitioning from different positions or doing um, moving from one location to another location, you find um, I know you've expressed that you've gotten yourself in a rhythm. And then all of a sudden, whether it be a change in management or leadership, then now we're doing it this way. Not that it's necessarily the best or the uh, more efficient way, but it's just a different way. And it's just relearning those mental models and uh, and okay, and accepting that change. I mean, yeah, I completely agree with, with you know, with the, the whole separation from the military. I think, you know, no one likes to admit this, but for certain people, COVID was, a, was kind of a, a blessing in disguise because it gave you an opportunity to, you know, that, that full year before you actually signed the, the dotted line to, to separate, you had the opportunity to, for the most part, work from home. Mm-hmm. And although you still had responsibilities to your, your work, it, it helped create that, that separation while you still had one foot in. Yeah. And I know for, for myself, and I know I've mentioned this before, when I got out, I moved to an area where military wasn't nearly as, as, as uh, prevalent as it is it, in Fort Gordon, 
you know, Georgia here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's everywhere here. And when I got out, I was completely removed from it. And I didn't have that type of camaraderie with anymore, anyone anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, when you're still in, you know, if I'm going through the airport or I'm going through, through somewhere where there's a lot of people and I see someone in a uniform, it doesn't matter what patches on my shoulder mm-hmm. or, or, or what my situation is. I feel completely confident approaching those, those random people in uniform. <laughs> but when you get out, that's stripped from you. You no longer mm-hmm. have that same connection that you did before, even though, you know, that even though you might still garner the same respect from other veterans and, and whatnot, and, and everyone likes to say that you're, you're always going to be part of the community, but you're not, or not in the mm-hmm. same capacity. Yeah. And, and just the speaking to some random people in the airport is no longer in, in that, that bag of tricks that you have that, mm-hmm. that provides that, that safety blanket for you. So, you know, moving to a new area with new people and, and removing the one piece of security that, that I'd had for so many years was, was really a struggle. And, you know, it's, um, it just took a lot to overcome that. And I think that that wound up causing a lot of challenges down the road, but, you know, once we moved in together in, in uh, Virginia and, and all those things, like everything kind of came back to normal. But that first year when I got out, I mean, it was, it was rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I, uh, I can appreciate that because, um, although, um, although we, we were still, um, we were, we were dating, but I was, I was in a different location. So we had to commute, commute, uh, to see each other. And, um, and then, so when you do that, you know, you're definitely, I feel like I can understand, I can appreciate just kind of being in that, um, the semi quasi, not really a stable, a stable, you know, lifestyle, because it's just constantly a transition, whether you're transitioning to come visit us or whether you're, you know, because we were deciding at what point you were going to move up to to move in with us. So you don't really have that peace of mind also to say, okay, you know, this is now my, this is my new, my new norm, uh, because it still wasn't even that. It was still very transitional and awkward in some cases too. Right. And, you know, the, the thing that kind of helped me get through that was, was one, I, I still had you and, and you provided a lot of, of that just emotional support while I was kind of going through that transition, because that, that was the, the one thing that was kind of tying me back to that old life. And, and at the same time, I was extraordinarily lucky to, to be able to get the type of position that I did. And, you know, when so many veterans get out, especially when you separate, when you're still overseas, it, it presents an extraordinarily challenge to to find gainful employment that that can support your lifestyle and and what you want your lifestyle to be and you know and i had to recognize that you know although i had all of these other things that were going on that that i was struggling with i had all of these other things i still had this great relationship with this woman and i still had a a job that that paid well and it was work that i like to do and it it paid enough for me to be able to do the things that I wanted to do. And, you know, and I still had my, my family that you know, was back home. And, you know, so, so I still had a lot of things going on that I could look at and say, okay, these are, these are the things that, you know, even, even despite all of the challenges that I'm having, these are all of the positives that I still have in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and that really kind of helped me get through that, that really transitional phase and, and becoming the, the, the person that I wanted to be. Mm. Yeah. I, uh, I appreciate that. And, uh, even just, uh, for you, uh, you know, I definitely wanted, and I know I've told you this before, but I definitely thank you for being so patient in not just, not just how you were with, with us in our relationship, but being patient and not not really letting the unknowns or those factors that you don't necessarily have the answers uh, impact your ability to see past 
to see the benefit of the future. And, uh, you know, and that's something that I've always appreciated about you is that, you know, you have taught me how to um, really um, take that pause in relationships uh, and just being able to recognize that, you know, Maybe I don't have the answers right now, but this doesn't necessarily warrant a uh, a flare up in a relationship or for me to become uh, loud or whatnot. I can we can definitely still be vocal. We can definitely still communicate, and I can still be frustrated, and I can still um, say what I have to say, but recognize that I'm going to always. Uh, maintain the level of respect in our relationship because I just don't ever want that to be compromised. So I've always appreciated that about you and your ability to stay calm even when I may be pushing your buttons, which is not very often. So I know that. <laughs> right, right. I know you never do that. No, so, you know, and, and I think I think there's a I think there's a lot of value in in being able to handle those stressors and and those flare-ups in your your relationship without being overly aggressive i mean you Mm -hmm. can or without being overly confrontational it's it's not that you don't address the challenges it's just that i don't have to be louder than you to get my point across i don't need to to explain to you um I, i i do not have to shout to explain why I think that you're wrong about a thing. Which is not very often. Oh, of course, of course. You know. <laughs> um, so, you know, and, and I and I hope that our, our girls can can do the same thing in their own Absolutely. relationships where mm-hmm. they they are able to handle the you know the inevitable stresses that come up when their significant others or their roommates or their sisters or or whoever is is pushing their buttons that they don't feel the need to fight or hit or argue or, or whatever it is that, that uh, they, they feel that they need to do in order to get their, their uh, issues resolved. And, and I just hope that they learn that from us. And, and one of the things that we've kind of talked about lately is, you know, we, we don't do a lot of arguing, you know, it's just not really Mm -hmm. a thing because we do talk out our problems, but, one of the things that I think is important is that your kids see the resolution to the, the confrontations in, in the home between parents. You know, Absolutely. if we have a disagreement and they see it, then they need to see the end state. They need yep. to know that we are not upset with each other anymore. Once, once, the, once that issue has been resolved, it's behind us and we've moved on. And and I hope that they see that and can can implement that in their own lives and with the people that they they have relationships with. Yeah. So one of the things that I know that uh, when we when the twins were introduced and uh, I cannot express to you how much our world was rocked that uh, we were like I felt like many times we felt that we just like the day happened and then it was the end of the day. There wasn't very much time in between to recover. But one of the things that I know that we, that I, I really, really appreciated was that um, in the military, we have an action, um, after action review, where after uh, a mission or after an event or training, uh, the the members come together and discuss um, usually what was um, the, what was supposed to be the outcome, what, what was good about it, what needs to be improved and what can be d- done differently. And we actually started to take that model and put it in our relationship. And that is usually the time where we are kind of doing an assessment of our days and what are the things that, what was our goal today? And did we accomplish those goals? And if we did, great, what can we do better? And if we didn't, all right, what can we do tomorrow to make sure that uh, we can at least accomplish our goals that we set for the day? And I think that it was just a daily reminder and also that awareness that it was never all me. It was never all you. It was never all my mom or, you know, our Layla. 
we were all part of this and we were all collectively working to to make this effort better and um and i think that sometimes in relationships it's so easy to feel as if you are taking the the brunt of the relationship more so than the others and it's so easy to fall victim in that mindset that i am i always do this or i'm just so tired of always having to carry this whatever and then it starts to create um a a, a shift in the balance in the relationship when at the end of the day if you if you really were to just take the moment to just review your day you would definitely see or appreciate that everybody is pulling their weight it may not be the way you like it in that moment but at the end of the day it's happening yeah um and i i agree with that and that is something that we talk about all the time and and kind of the division of labor in our home and and with the girls and and the uh financial responsibilities that we have you know that's that's something that you know, at, at moments it feels like it's, it's not balanced. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and then other times it's, you know, it, it swings one way or the other all the time and, and is recognizing those moments that, okay, well, like, wow, I, I cooked and I, I washed the dishes today and I, I vacuumed and, and I had to do all this cleaning stuff. Mm-hmm. And what were you doing all day? Yeah. <laughs> well, when, when the very next day, you know, something happens and it's the, the extreme end, you know, the, the opposite end of the spectrum and, you know, and, and kind of back to what you were saying about those, those AER um, events. Like I, I wholeheartedly believe that uh, luck favors the prepared. Mm. So, so when, when people say that you guys were so lucky to, to have girls that, that are, are so respectful or that they, they speak so well or, or whatever those compliments are, or, um, or they, they talk about the things that we've done in our lives that we've succeeded in. And, and a lot of times, you know, yeah, we are lucky, but it's, it's because we put in the time and effort ahead of time to, to try to, to build that roadmap and where we want to go and, and what are the things along the way that we need to do to get there. So, you know, there, there could be some, some like cosmic luck built into there somewhere, but for the most part, the successes that we've had professionally and, and personally are, are a result of the, the planning ahead and the contingencies that we've built for ourselves. And, and going back to the military, the, the PACE plan, right? So that's mm-hmm. our primary alternate contingent and, and emergency plans, right? And, and we always have those things. And it's, if I'm not able to, you know, I'm a defense contractor. So, so what is my plan if, if this defense contract isn't renewed, you know, and, mm-hmm. and some of that might be, okay, well, I can go find another job, but what happens if, if, uh, you know, the political winds change and the, the type of work that I do is no longer valued in, in this region. So what do I do? You know, so so what are the what's the professional training that I can do to prepare myself outside of of that type of government work, and and that's something that you and I have been working with for the last several years now mm-hmm. is just making sure that we have the education that we need to to be competitive in any kind of market that we go into, and and then what are the technical skills that we need for specific jobs so that we're not we're not just in the wind hoping to find something. And, and I think both of us have done a great job of, of preparing ourselves so that when the opportunity for that luck occurs, we're, we're in grabbing distance. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I really appreciate you uh, taking a moment and highlighting that because it's so easy to look at, I, I would use loosely a social media profile and seeing all, seeing just the the aftermath of the the work and what is what is rarely shedded on shed on is the the hard work and the sacrifices that go on to into that and although you you make it seem as if that transition was uh was uh 
it seems seamless, seamlessly, but it wasn't. There were there's lots of sacrifices. There were lots of late nights, um, especially when we're talking about. I mean, you yourself, you're still, you know, you you applied in another, you know, a certification program. Um, on top of other um, avenues that you're taking. So there are a lot of nights that are are not viewed on um, from the outside that um, that I want to take the time to just appreciate the efforts that go into that because um, we recognize the importance and security and stability is what we recognize that we are most comfortable that we are most comfortable in that zone. And how do we, try to keep our bubble as secure as possible um, and what are the things that we are willing to 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 do and the extra efforts that are are, are able to go into that and and it is not easy because we still have we still have a, we still have a 19 year old that we try to be as available whenever she needs us we have toddlers that um, literally, take majority of our time. And then we still have a relationship, you and I, and then we still have work. So at the end of the day, it's whatever is left over, <laughs> whether that be mentally, whether that be physically, that's left over is what we sacrifice that little bit of time to, 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 to use that for our planning and preparing. So it's, it's not an easy, it's not an easy, um, uh, thing to do. Yeah, I think from a resilience standpoint, I think it's, you know, when you're when you're looking at your life, and you're thinking about the things that you want to achieve, it's, it's a marathon. It's not yeah. a sprint, you mm -hmm. know, and, and it's easy to think about the, the struggles that you go through during the days, the weeks and the months. But overcoming that requires years. Yes. And, you know, one of the things I was telling you about, I think yesterday, as one of my coworkers, he, he just paid his house off. I mean, he's probably my age. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things I think he was probably 20, 21, 22, and he and his wife bought a home and she insisted that they do a 15 year mortgage and, mm -hmm. and went and they, they paid it off. And, and it's those types of decisions that they suck. Yeah. <laughs> when you're doing it, it, yeah. it sucks to pay an extra, you know, several hundred dollars per month for your mortgage. But, you know, you're going through this marathon and it's, it's not a sprint. So yeah. he got to the the end of that part of his, his marathon and paid his home off. And and now he and his family are are much more secure. You know, they are much less likely to have the types of struggles that so many Americans are having right now going through COVID and, and unemployment rising. And, you know, those, because of the, the good decisions that were made years ago, they're reaping the benefits right now. And, mm -hmm. and I think, you know, and, and, and it's not that I think finances are the only uh, type of resilience out there, but, but if you can get that part of, of your life, right. If, if you can, financially plan together with your family and and get the advice that you need when you need it and to plan for the future it it relieves so much of your stress that it allows for relationships to flourish it, it takes that stress off of you i mean yeah. one of the one of the greatest things about getting out of the military and and of all the the good and the bad when i got out the the thing that that was the 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 biggest relief to me is that if I didn't like something with my work, I could leave mm -hmm. at any time. No one was stopping me from just leaving. Mm -hmm. And, and although the, the more practical side of me, the, the side of me that knows that I need to support my family and the side of me that, that, um, that is dedicated to, to my employer and, and, dedicated to my, my customers. And, you know, there's, there's all those reasons that I won't do it, but I know that I can. Mm -hmm. And, and that's an important thing to have knowing that I am not obligated to this. And, and to me like that, that I think is, is probably, it, it brings me a lot more relief than probably any other aspect of, 
of my professional life after leaving the military. Hmm. It's interesting because I haven't, uh, you know, that's that wasn't the case, um, you know, being in the military, in the militaries that um, in order to achieve the some of the incentives and the benefits that retirement brings is that I do need to um, work through it and I do need to find ways to um, overcome those challenges, whether that whether that be from um, not being happy about a position that I've been assigned or not being happy with my supervisor because of some of some toxic leadership uh, styles or just the or just the the constant um, uh, back and forth with some of the challenges that you get in the military. That was not necessarily an option that I had. But what I did, what I do recognize that in that process is that it's given me the ability to be to to be forced with um, overcoming and coming finding ways to overcome those challenges, but how I can accomplish it with the best outcome possible. And I don't think that if I had the freedom to to just have that 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 peace of mind to say, oh well, you know what? If I don't like it, I can just uh, I can just roll out. I wouldn't have had that maturity to to exercise those uh, those situations, and I needed that personally for me because I think that um, it's definitely made me a better person, a better parent, and a better a better leader in my organization. Oh, I, I can appreciate that. I mean, it's, um, yeah, I mean, and again, it, it just kind of, you know, with, with, uh, one of the benefits of, of just having that, that, um, understanding that dedication to mission and, and having to do, um, something without your input. I mean, although, you know, I know that I was just blasting that that a few moments ago. But the other side of that <laughs> is it is it makes you a, a better leader because, you know, learning to to be able to lead people into situations that they don't want to be in, doing things that they don't want to do, working those long hours that they don't want to work, or, you know, it's 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 finding the the ability to uh, do what's right even mm-hmm. when the situation is tough. Yeah, is is I think something that you know military leaders and veterans that that they they have in spades you know it's, it's not something that um that you really learn otherwise is yeah knowing from the beginning i think i have more of an appreciation now than i would have had uh if i'd never went to the military of, mm-hmm. of just i don't think i would have recognized how much of a relief it is that i can leave mm. And, and I think if I, if I wasn't in before that, then I wouldn't have had that same level of appreciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, uh, I can appreciate that. So I definitely wanted to ask you, it's something that I've always kind of uh, wanted to know that in one of my podcasts, we talked about imposter syndrome and, um, and I know you and I, we've talked about how I've struggled with imposter syndrome, especially in the profession that I was, that I was in the military and it always required to have a, a, a face on, uh, I was the face of the military to, to some aspect and, uh, and it weighs on you because not every day I am at my best, not every day I am mentally sound where I am able to to provide uh, provide resources or provide advice to to individuals where I myself may be in need of uh, ev- advice myself and so it creates that struggle sometimes and it's like a constant challenge that I've had to uh, to overcome at times so I've, I'm interested to know if that is something if imposter syndrome is something that you struggle with or you've struggled with before well I think I think I've had that type of of, I, I know what you're talking about. So when, and that has happened to me. And, and in fact, even in my current 
position that happens to me um, uh, every now and then, because I, I feel like for the most part, I go in and do my work, I go home. But when I first arrived, my boss introduced me to the team as this heavy hitter that's going to come in and, and I'm going to, to shoulder a significant amount of the workload for the team and, and made it seem like I had this extraordinary background. Well, I, did, I didn't know this person, you know, beyond, <laughs> beyond just the brief conversation that we had during an interview and, and her having my resume, there was, there was nothing about our relationship that she could have ever known about my capacity to perform in that role. And, and while I appreciate the, the vote of confidence, it, it really makes it difficult in that situation to, to perform because I feel like everyone's going to be looking to me for answers and, <laughs> and I don't have them, you know? And, and I think, although it is awkward sometimes to be in that situation, it, it, it pushes you to be a, a better yes. professional, you know, to, in whatever it is that you do. If, if you have people that look to you as the, as the authority on a topic, even if you're not, mm-hmm. it, it gives you the, the push to up your game and to, to learn more about whatever that topic is than you would have had to do otherwise. And so I think the imposter syndrome is more of just, it's more like a, it's, I mean, I've been doing the type of work that I do for over 15 years. So, you know, from the outside looking in, like I can see where people may make the mistake that I know what I'm doing here, but it's, um, but the perception is important because it drives me to be a, a it, it drives me to be better at my work and mm-hmm. it drives me to, to want to be a mentor to the person, to the people who are junior to me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's, yeah, it does make the relationships kind of weird sometimes. And it makes it, you do feel like you are maybe getting undue respect for your position, mm-hmm. but, uh, and an important part of that is that everyone is just figuring things out. Yeah. You know, we're all just, we're all in the same boat and we're all just, you know, figuring out where the paddles are. And so, so yes, to, and in short, yes, I, <laughs> I have experienced imposter syndrome in, in my career. <laughs> Why? Well, thank you for sharing that. I do want to close out with asking you one more question. And that is, what is the one thing that you wish you would have known when you began your career or your journey? And what kind of advice would you give today? So I I think for me, um, I have no regrets in in the way that my my life has gone. I I feel like, um, you know, you and I have have built a wonderful life together and, and there's no way that I would want to to interrupt that in, in hindsight. Right. But I think, I think for me, it's probably financial because mm-hmm. that goes back to the resilience piece of it and, and feeling the, the sense of security. And it's not that I think that I, I spend poorly or, or that I'm a poor earner or anything like that. It's, it's more along the lines of if, if I had the, the mental fortitude 15 years ago mm. to buy that, that home with a 15 year mortgage, or I, I was the type of person who, when I got out and my income went up, that I would have selected a, a less expensive apartment or, or I was putting away 20% of my paycheck instead of 6% or, or whatever my employer was matching at the time. Mm-hmm. I think if I would have, I, I feel like I would, I would be in a better, we would be in a better financial position um, and we would feel more secure about our future if, if I had made better decisions 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, and, and that's, I think the, for anybody and that's for Layla and for, and for our girls and, and for, for younger people out there, it's, it's recognizing that what you're doing right now will impact you in 20 or 30 or 50 years from now. So, so it's just thinking about that and and being, and being, uh, 
and planning for those things that are going to come down the road that you don't necessarily anticipate, but you know, it's going to come because the, mm-hmm. the uncertainty is the only thing that's certain. Mm-hmm. And, and if you plan for the uncertainty, then you'll be prepared when it does come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I, I love that. And, uh, and it's, it takes work. And I think that it's important to, to, to recognize who are the people that are in your circle that can answer those questions that, that you may not necessarily have all the answers to and heed those, um, heed those advice that uh, people are giving you because there is, there is benefit to it. And it takes, it takes um, a def, a definite maturity to, to implement it as well as um, to take the advice as well. So I um, I definitely appreciate that. Well, I'll tell you what, this is, I really didn't know how this was going to go, but I, I absolutely enjoyed this. I think that um, I would love for more couples to have the opportunity to sit down and just have just have an open conversation and to ask questions that you may not necessarily ask every day and just really uh, connect to each other on a different level. And I really want to say thank you for taking the time to to be part of it from on the other side this time and uh, being vulnerable with me in this moment and to give our listeners an insight of what, uh, what behind the doors looks like for us and, um, and to thank you for being who you are to me and to our children and the constant efforts that you make to, to take care and to provide us with that security and stability that, uh, that you do for us. So thank you very much. Well, I don't know what to say to, uh, to an exit like that, (laughs) um, you know, but, but thank you for, for having me on. And, um, and I I genuinely do take pride in, in our relationship. And, you know, and I I talk about us and our children at work all the time and, and it's, um, and I'm, I'm just hoping that, uh, this next chapter of our life, we can continue to to be as as strong and capable of of overcoming challenges as as we have been in the last ten years, and and hopefully more so um, as we make that transition. So, but yeah. but again, thank you for having me on, and I'll see you in a few minutes. Okay, <laughs> bye. bye. As always, thank you so much for taking the time to join us and listening to On The Bounce. If you would like to read more on the topics discussed in today's episode, I have included the links to the research I have referenced in the episode description. Please feel free to share your thoughts and leave a comment. And as always, see you next time.